It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I am your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball, basketball, golf guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can get him at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, Uncle Dave, it's Friday. The weekend is here and upon us. We have a bunch of games today in baseball. We have a couple here. In the NBA, I know golf has teed off for this morning, and I see who's leading that one there, Uncle Dave Cameron, Cameron Champ, Cameron Davis, and Cameron Davis, and I'm a little mad at myself for missing that. He did shoot three sixty fives last week, and uh, two tournaments ago he, he he was fourteen under. So I probably should have had him. I don't know if I would have bet him to win. But I probably should have had him in a top twenty, top thirty bet somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm hoping he falls apart. And someone, so I had Kisner for the first round leader yesterday, and he could have, would have, should have. He ended up one stroke back, and he missed a missed several eight foot putts, drained a bunch of twenty five footers, and and uh, somebody said, well, is, does it really matter with Munoz six under for six holes? And I I said, yeah, but it's Munoz, and sure enough, I think Munoz now is now is probably plus four, plus five. I mean, yeah. Hasn't done anything since then, so I'm I'm hoping Cameron Davis does the same thing. But plenty of golf left, Sleepy. Yeah, I guess that was Cameron Champ that was doing well last week. I see Tiger Woods is a minus three. He doesn't tee off for a little while. I'm hoping maybe I could stream it and find it somewhere. I see they don't have coverage on until like three in the afternoon, but I hope I hope I can go in and watch some golf today at some point. We do have an early basketball game here: Raptors Nets. Um, and I do have a free pick coming up here from McKenzie, and it looks like he has a prop bet here as well on the Nuggets and the Jazz. And I do have an MLB free pick from one of our retweet army guys, so we got a couple things to get to. Okay, Dave, let's start out with the Raptors and the Nets. I'm going to go ahead and give you the play that I like in this one. I do like the over in this game today. I played over in game one. You know, one of the things about the Raptors, yes, they can play defense. They can also run up and down the court with you, and they have no problem doing that. And I know that Joe Harris is out for the Nets, and the total has dropped four points. And that's all fine and well. But the Raptors, you know, they played the slow pace game last time, and that game was actually close. And game one wasn't close. They, they ended up blowing the doors off New Jersey. And I think they go back to that type of thinking right now to where, You know, we got the first game out of the way. We got the second game out of the way. And we're in a comfortable position right now. And I think comfortable for the Raptors, you know, just going out and playing their game, getting their offense rolling. And I think that they'll probably let up on the defense because they probably don't think that that the Nets are probably really any threat in this game. If you look at the line right now, Raptors are minus 11, total 219. So I'm going to go ahead and we'll go right back to my game one play, which was over. Not sure if you agree or disagree, Uncle Dave, but what do you think about Raptors Nets today? Well, I don't know what to make of it, to be honest with you. I mean, I I guess I could conceivably lay the points with Toronto, especially if you like the over. I'm not sure about the over. If you take the over, obviously you need Brooklyn to contribute. And I just don't know if they can. You know, they're down 0-2. They gave it their absolute best first game, then got blown out. And I think now... You know, Brooklyn is Brooklyn. You know, they, they have a relatively short bench. They only play, uh, you know, six guys or so for significant minutes. And and now with Harris out, that that's probably going to hurt too. 
So although I don't know about your over, because I, I can't count on Brooklyn to score, uh, what I could do is take uh, Brooklyn team total under. Because if it does look like game one, I mean, and I think it will, you know, I think, you know, Brooklyn comes into this, you know, they're down 0-2. I think they know their fate. I think they had their moment in the sun for a little bit. And, and now I think they, I know they'll be playing golf by, by probably mid, midweek next week. So I have to say the Brooklyn team total under, I don't know that I would touch the side. I mean, we saw what happened yesterday with the, the Bucks and Magic where the Bucks got out to a monstrous lead and, and Orlando almost backdoored him actually with a couple of minutes to go. They did have him backdoored. And I would be a little leery of that happening again here, uh, only because, you know, we just don't know how, how much effort the Raptors are really going to put into it. So as I'm talking that through, if I were going to bet the Raptors, it would probably be first half. So if I'm betting that game, I'm betting Toronto first half, and I'm betting the, the Brooklyn Nets team total under for the game. I would agree with you there. I like that Raptors first half. You know, it's it's one of those games where, you know, they probably won't come out and be like, okay, let's just go through the motions. You know, they're probably more than likely come out, be focused, and try to get this one over and done with early. I agree with that. As far as the Nets team total under, you know, I could, I guess I could understand your logic with that. The only thing I would push back on is that, you know, if the Raptors don't play defense, and maybe they will in the first half, but if they decide to go ahead and kind of just ease into the game, you know, I, I don't I don't think it really matters, you know, who they put on the court, you know, for really for any team. You know, if a team's just not playing defense, you know, you just constantly get wide open looks and, and wide open layups. And that's kind of the angle that I'm going for today. That's that's kind of what I think will happen. Before we get into Nuggets and Jazz game, Uncle Dave, uh, with Mackenzie's pick, why don't we go over to let's talk about the Clippers and the Mavericks. I think that'll be an interesting game tonight. Clippers in game two, and look all that great. They fell behind. It seemed like they couldn't claw back in that one. And the Mavericks with Doncic and Porzingis, you know, they were just, they were tough. They played well. And the Clippers are going to turn out to be a minus five favorite here tonight. Total 231. My instinct is to go ahead and take the Clippers tonight. Reason being is if you saw what the Bucks did in, in their game after they lost, they looked decent. And then if you saw what the Lakers did, they looked decent. And I think the Clippers probably bounced back in a similar fashion tonight. I just don't know, you know, if the Clippers are – I think my problem is, is I have a bias because I had a premium play on the Clippers and they let me down. But I know I can't let that affect the way that I go ahead and handicap games and think about things. But – I would probably play the Clippers. It would be a, a very small wager. It would be a pizza bet uh, because I do think the Mavs are dangerous. I just don't know how dangerous. I, I Eventually, I think that, you know, PG and, and Kawhi are going to figure out a way to go. You know, we need to take Doncic out of the game, and those guys are good enough defenders where they can do that. And that's that's what's really holding me up here is that if Doncic gets shut out, to, and and I think that he that he can it's in some you know capacity that the Clippers just have no problem you know pulling away and, and covering the number. So right now it's it, it's a strong lean, maybe a small pizza bet here on the Clippers minus five. What do you think? Well, I can't touch either side, and I'm kind of with you with with Doncic. I mean, sooner or later they're either going to cover him or, he, or he's not going to have a great game. Uh, and and Porzingis and I look at the Dallas bench and. They got a lot of production 
in that game too. Hardaway had 17, Curry 15, Burke 16. And I just wonder if they can keep that up. I mean, like you said, I think the Clippers are going to try to find a way to make those other guys beat them. And I'm not sure they can. Now, on the other side of the ball, I could say the same thing about the Clippers. You know, in that in that game two loss, you know, PG only had 14 points. I, I think that may regress. Lou Williams had 23. I'm not sure he can do that again. So, you know, for me, all things being equal, it's probably about the bench, uh, assuming everybody does what you would expect them to do or close. So I think the Clippers have a better and deeper bench, at least deeper. So I, it would be hard for me to go either way with a side. I could look to the under and the total. You know, if you look at that first game, he stayed under, but barely. I think total was like 230-ish and the 228. The first half was like a buck 30. And then, obviously, last game, they didn't adjust the total, 241, uh, and, and the under uh, would, never even had a chance. And I think I look at this game, and they, they haven't really made an adjustment yet again. So I'm leaning to the under there. And if you look at the odds, hang on. If you look at the odds, you know, there's – last night there was about 90, 90% of the bets were on the, on the over. Total hadn't moved much. And look at this morning, there's a few more bets on the over than the under, and I think Pinnacle's down to 231, uh, which is fairly significant. So I could conceivably take the under. I realize that's playing with fire, uh, but if I had to, that's exactly what I would do. All right, so there's Uncle Dave landing kind of on the under in that one. At least some of the unders are starting to show up now. I mean, it was it was crazy, you know, in the bubble with teams not really putting out any defensive effort you know, the way the games were just being scored, it was just absolutely insane. Like the unders were, they were hard to hit. Like you really had to pick and choose. And even in some of the competitive games, you know, where, where teams were, you know, going out there and playing defense. I mean, they, they, some of those games, they were still going over. So the unders have been hard to cash, but it seems like in the playoffs, you know, things are starting to kind of even out a little bit, you know, with the over and unders. All right. So let's jump into McKenzie's pick here. We have a Nuggets Jazz Handicap. And he also has a prop play. Let's give that a listen. All right, two plays for you guys. First of all, I like the under 219 or 218 in the Denver Nuggets Utah Jazz Game 3. For analysis on this game, check out my Twitter, at Rivers. My pinned tweet is that play and the analysis. What I'm going to get into right now is another play I like, a prop play, Mike Conley, under 16.5 points. First of all, I like the under in general, so already the universe of player unders, very attractive to me. Second of all, Conley's coming back from a multiple game absence, three game absence, for the birth of his third child. Now, Mike Conley's new to the Memphis Grizzlies. He's not new to the NBA. He's been in the league for 14 years. This is the first year he was not a part of the Memphis Grizzlies. Because of that, there's been this seesaw all year with a guy that's kind of stuck in his ways entering a system under Quinn Snyder that's been pretty well-developed and honed and refined. So there's been a seesaw battle. And when does it represent itself the most as far as different people's intentions? I would say the first game sets the tone. Mike Conley wants this to be Donovan Mitchell's team. He's been the man in Memphis for 12, 15, 12, 14 years. He wants to be a contender for a championship, which he hasn't been since at least 2013. 
He knows Mitchell's the better player at this point of their careers. In their first, in his first game back playing with the team, whether it's the first game of the season or he's missed two or three games or there was a five-month quarantine where there was no NBA played, you look at that universe of games, those seven games that he missed any amount of time, he's only scoring 11 points per game. If you refine it to the five games where he's missed more than one day or more than one game of absence, those five games, first day of the season, missed because of injury for a few weeks, missed because of quarantine for a few weeks, missed different games for here and there, more than one game missed in a row. Look at that universe of games. Try eight points per game for Donovan Mitchell. Now, you might say, oh, well, if you're just looking at those games, you know, this on December 17th, he only played 19 minutes, and on January 18th, he only played 15 minutes. You can't just look at those stats. That's, that's lazy. Well, my retort would be that's exactly another reason why we should like Mike Conley under 16 and a half points. The fact that he's been absent for a long period of time or a significant chunk of time, multiple games, we should expect the possibility of restricted minutes. In fact, he's only played more than 34 minutes in one of these games. You look at Zion. When he came back into the bubble, his over-under was set as if he was going to play, I think it was like 28 minutes, and he only played 15, almost half of what he was expected to play. Now, this is a playoff game, much different scenario. Mike Conley's also probably in much better condition than Zion, even being at an older age. But if there's one game that he might play limited minutes in the series, it's got to be this game where he's been a couple of days not on the treadmill, not doing the calisthenics out in Ohio celebrating the grace of God and his third child. Mazel tov, l'chaim to him. Let's make some money exploiting his passivity in games coming back from an absence, as well as the fact that he might just be rusty. You know, everybody else has been honed in in these Orlando gyms, not Mike Conley, not this week anyway. Donovan Mitchell scoring 36 points per game in this series. He's going to be the focus. I like Mike Conley under 16 and a half points. All right, guys, so there's Mackenzie Rivers giving you guys some picks. If you guys haven't been following Mackenzie, make sure you do so. At Mac and Rivers, you guys can go ahead and you can find all his picks and his analysis and stuff like that over at pregame.com. Mackenzie uh, has his stuff posted up usually in the forum or more than likely you guys can find that on his Twitter account. So big thanks to Mackenzie Rivers. Uncle Dave, let's jump into a few baseball games today. I don't have anything on my list, so I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to pick a game and wherever I land, that's where we go. Up Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. All right. So uh, I saw Pittsburgh don't be last so, night. Don't be so enthusiastic there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually watched some of the, the Pittsburgh game last night when they played Cleveland, and that team was just boring and dull. So that that's kind of how I felt when I picked that one. But I'm sure we could pick a winner out here, Uncle Dave. Milwaukee, they're going to be a minus 135 favorite here on the road. Hauser will be on the hill for the Brew Crew. And cool will be on the mound for the Pirates. Total right now, eight and a half. I'll let you go ahead, rip and run. Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, what are you thinking? Yeah, a big shock in that line there. Uh, Hauser opened up minus 155, give or take. And I like him. He's been real solid. I mean, he he got kind of beat up a little bit by the Twins, but that's not a huge surprise. He was hit marginally against the Cubs. That's not a huge surprise. Uh but he's already played Pittsburgh, so maybe that's a yellow flag because that line is down to 
I think the Bucks. Uh, I mean the Bucks. I think the Brewers uh, minus one thirty four now. Pittsburgh's tough, tough, tough to bet on. Uh, they just have a hard time scoring runs. But this is one of those angles that I like to use. That Pittsburgh's already seen them, so you know maybe there's a little bit of sort of reverse regression, if you will. Cool uh, hasn't looked great. Uh, he hasn't pitched deep either, which to me means you're going to see a fair bit of the Pirate bullpen, which hasn't been very good. Uh, and the Brewers bullpen typically is very good. So I'm looking at that, and I'm saying to myself, Self, are the Brewers really that easy? Uh, and I'm looking at the line saying, well, boy, they really like that under with their tickets. And yet, it's up to nine at Pinnacle, which is fairly significant. Westgate, a few others, it's eight and a half, but juice pretty heavily to the over. Uh, and with all those tickets on the Brewers, I'm I'm a little, you know, the sharp money is clearly on the Pirates. I'm not sure that I have the balls for the Pirates. They just can't seem to score. Maybe someone's out for the Brewers. Let me let me just look at that real quick. Um, you know, right now I don't see anybody out for the Brewers. So, I know, it looks like a Hail Mary to me. So, if I have to bet that game, I, I think I'm taking the Pirates on a flyer. I don't think I'm taking the over because they clearly think – the, the Pirates are going to put some runs on the board. And I'm fairly certain Milwaukee will, uh, if not off of Cool, off of the Pirates' bullpen because Cool doesn't pitch. Yeah, because Cool doesn't typically pitch deep. So, you know, at eight and a half, I could do a pizza bet on the over. And, that, you know, given that that sharp money on Pittsburgh that I, I it's enough to keep me off of Milwaukee, I could take a flyer on Pittsburgh. Uh, and maybe if you had the gonads, the Pittsburgh run line, uh, might be a little bit costly, but you know, the way I look at that is uh, if I take the Pittsburgh run line and Pittsburgh can put up four runs, then there's no way I can lose both halves. I would need Milwaukee would need to get to six, in which case you'd cash the over. So I would look at that. I I would say um, if I had to right now, Pirates run line and the over. And I know a lot of people want us to get this done a little early, or at least someone does. But we can't do these much earlier. For one thing, we do have responsibilities beyond this podcast that we do for F-R-E-E. That would be free. And the other thing is, if we do things too early, uh, you don't have enough information. You don't have lineups. You don't have injuries. You don't have market analysis. So, you know, there's a reason why we kind of do this while we could. I mean, you know, ideally, if I were going to do this podcast, and, and I would do it at at, at, at 3 o'clock Pacific at 6 o'clock Eastern time, you know, an hour or so before the games tee off, uh, tip off, or first pitch, because then you've got all the information. Yeah, you may miss a better line, but you may not. So, uh, you know, here we are at uh, noontime Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and I'm saying I would take the Pirates run line in the over. So that's what I got, Sleepy. Well, I'm searching for a play in that one, and I think that there might be, I think there might be a pretty good wager circling cool. Um, you know, if you look at what this guy's done, he's thrown at least a strikeout in every inning, or at least that's what he's averaging. In the last game, he had six strikeouts. In the game before, he had seven, and he went five innings and four innings. So. Uh, he's averaging a little bit more than a strikeout per inning, at least with those two games. And then he had a, a one-inning game where he threw a strikeout, and then he had a three-inning game where he threw four strikeouts. 
So if I could get this guy at four and a half and go ahead and bet him over against the Brewers, I think that might be a solid wager. Now, the problem with that is, is that I can't find it anywhere. And generally, FanDuel will have these up and they don't. And, you know, that happens oftentimes is, you know, you think maybe that they're sleeping behind the wheel with a player that's way under the radar. And you you, you kind of know that it's probably a pretty good bet. And oftentimes when you're looking for those good bets, you can't find them. You know, the books aren't as stupid as, as some people think. And, you know, if, if you have a handful of wagers that you think are under the radar or whatever, yeah, you're going to find your one or two and, and you better go ahead and you better bet them. But as of right now, that, that play is not up, but I will be looking for that one. So it's cool over for me if you if can go ahead and find the four and a half strikeouts. I think, you know, he probably goes at least four or five innings at a minimum today. And the fact that the line's moving in his favor and the Pirates' favor uh, tells me that, you know, they'll be in the game and they, they should, you know, at least get get a decent amount of innings um, out of cool. It's not like exactly like the Brewers are ripping the ball. <clears throat> it's not like the, the Brewers are exactly ripping the cover off the ball right now either. So um, I'll go ahead and, and I'll look for that one here in a little bit. Let's jump over to another game here, Uncle Dave. I won't close my eyes with this one. I'll just go ahead and I'll pick this one. Let's talk about Keiko and Lester. We have the Battle of Chicago here. White Sox will have Keiko on the mound, the lefty. Right now, Chicago, White Sox, minus 109, right around minus 110. The Cubbies, they'll have the lefty Lester on the hill here. Total sitting right now at like nine and a half. So I'm guessing the wind, Uncle Dave, is pushing out. Not sure what you think about this one. Keiko, Lester, Cubbies, White Sox. What are you thinking? Tough one, buddy. I, you know, which one of both of those starters are you going to get? Now, one thing, um, you know, and, and here we are. Here's a, a perfect testimony to why we would prefer not to do these podcasts at 5.45 a.m. Chris Bryant is questionable with a wrist injury. Now, that would be something, if I were going to take the Cubs, I would most certainly want to know if he were or were not playing. Uh, and the other side of that coin is if he's not playing, you can almost guarantee the line's going to move to the White Sox, vice versa if he is playing. Now, Lester is someone that, you know, he kind of owns me. He probably owes me a few bankrolls because when I bet on him, he's been miserable and, and vice versa. You know, he, he shut out the Reds. He almost shut out the Pirates. Didn't, didn't uh, face a whole lot of opposition there. Uh, pitched well against Cleveland. Cleveland can't hit. And Milwaukee hit him pretty hard last week. The thing about that is the, the Brewers see him quite regularly. Now, the other thing is the way the Cubs' bullpen has been this year, no chance in holy hell I can take the Cubs for the full game. So you look on the other side, and which Keiko are you going to get? Are you going to get the one that used to pitch for Houston? Well, probably not. Are you going to get the one that uh, has been relatively solid? And he's, he's already had five starts, and he – Shut down the Twins. Twins hadn't seen him. Shut down Kansas City. They don't see him much. Shut down the Brewers. They don't see him much. Actually, the, the one team that hit him a fair bit was the Tigers. So now he goes into Chicago, and I'm thinking that uh, because he's a left-handed pitcher, you know, that kind of kind of negates Rizzo a little bit. So I will take the fifth here until uh, we know if Bryant's going to play. I would I would uh, be, be very inclined to... If Bryant is out to take the White Sox and probably will, if Bryant's in, I may do it anyway. 
simply because I cannot, under any circumstances, take the Cubs for a full game with that bullpen. You know, the White Sox bullpen has been pretty damn solid uh, most of the season, especially lately. And I know lately they did have a, a series against the Tigers, which is going to pad almost anybody's stats. And if you look even further, you know, for the White Sox, you don't know if Grandal is going to play. Uh, Luis Robert, the potential Rookie of the Year guy, he might not play. So um, I think to, to, to finalize anything or make an official bet, we really need to know if those guys are in or if they're not. So I'm curious what you have to say about that one, Sleepy, seeing as how you picked it. I honestly don't have much on that game, Uncle Dave. I think for me it's probably best I probably pass. And we do have an opinion on one of the later games tonight, which is going to involve the Dodgers and the Rockies. The Rockies will have Gray on the mound, and the Dodgers will have Bueller on the mound. And we have a pick from one of our retweet army guys from the Sharp Squad, Phenom Betts. They're going to go ahead. They're going to play the Dodgers over their team total. So it's team total over 5 minus 135. They're going to go ahead. They're going to fade John Gray. Gray's allowing a .405 on base percentage versus the Dodger batters, Seager, Pollock, Muncie, and Bellinger. You know, they're all batting over 300 versus Gray. Bellinger, like a 625 batting average versus Gray. Dodgers offense also best in the majors right now leading the league in home runs at 49 and RBIs 142. If Gray gets touched early, Rockies pen has been a disaster, ranking in the bottom third in ERA and runs allowed. So the guys from Sharp Squad there, they're going to go ahead and they're going to play the Dodgers team total over five. That's minus 135. I uh, tried to go ahead and, and make a, a slick play last night with that Dodgers game. If you guys remember, I went ahead, I played – Kershaw to go ahead and give up a homer. I thought he would give up a homer to Kyle Lewis. Was not the case. I believe he, I think Kershaw actually did give up a homer in that game. I'm not sure who, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't to Lewis, at least when I looked at the uh, box score later at night. Actually, yes, Kershaw did give up a homer in that game. He gave one up to Seager. So one guy before, one guy after Lewis. So I was close, close in that one. But uh, close doesn't get you to the uh the pay counter all right uncle dave let's go through one more game here why don't you pick a game i'm always the guy who has to pick why don't you pick one okay well let's do uh how about we do the reds and the cardinals how did i know you were gonna pick that one that was gonna be the game i picked before uh before the cubs game All right, Uncle Dave, we'll go ahead with your game here, Cincinnati-St. Louis. St. Louis, they'll be a lukewarm favorite here. Dakota Hudson will be on the mound. Your boy, Desclafani, he'll be on the hill here for the Reds. St. Louis, minus 105, minus 110, depending on what shop you're looking at here. Total, nine. Heavy juice here on the under. This one did open up at eight and a half, so some money has come in here on the over, but it looks like you're going to have to pay some juice if you like that under. Descalfani, Hudson, Cardinals, Reds. What do you got, Uncle Dave? Well, I was kind of drawn to that over when I first looked at the at Descalfani. You know, I had the over last night as an actual premium. You got to pay for it play, and the Cardinals came through as I thought they would and tied it up in the, in the ninth against the Reds bullpen, which is miserable. Now, I think if you look at the Reds bullpen stats over the last week or so, you'll see that they aren't too bad. Like you'll also see. They played four games against the Royals and two against the Pirates. So I will go with the 
eight and a half ERA on the road for the Reds bullpen. And I just, uh, you know, Jessica Fani was one of those guys that kind of, kind of, I couldn't figure much out last year. And he came in and, and pitched a couple of really good games against the Tigers. He three inning, uh, five innings, three hits, no anything, a couple of strikeouts. Did pretty well against the Brewers. Then he gets playing against another team that knows him pretty well, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, as we know, they put up nine runs in two innings last week. I don't see any reason why the uh, Cardinals don't get their four runs. Then you look at Hudson, Dakota Hudson. He can go either way. And, you know, he he's only pitched four innings and four and a third innings in his two starts. He gave up four runs in four and a third innings to the Pittsburgh Pirates that know him. And then again, he pitched pretty well, but only lasted four innings against the White Sox that don't know him. Uh, Cardinals bullpen can kind of go either way. Uh, they haven't been very good lately. So I don't see how both teams don't get to four runs. I have not looked to see who the home plate umpire is. Again, if we were doing this later in the day, I might have that information at my fingertips, but I like the over there, Sleepy. Well, I won't disagree with you, Uncle Dave. I'll let you go ahead and uh, and make your play on that one. You know, one of the things I find interesting, the Yankees are all banged up right now, and they got like three of their best players sitting on the uh, sitting on the bench, and the game got canceled today. And if supposedly it's going to get canceled again tomorrow, the game between the Yankees and the Mets. So at least the Yankees will have a little time to recover. Now that they've fallen into second place in that division, we'll just leave it at that. Um, I don't have really anything else here, Uncle Dave. I I didn't feel totally strong on today's card. I think I'm looking more or less for the weekend. And uh, we will have some rugby tonight. Actually, you know what, Uncle Dave? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to look at some rugby stuff tonight. And I'm, I'm pretty good at being able to eyeball this stuff. Gold Coast Titans tonight plus 10.5 is probably not a wager you want to go ahead and make. Uh, there is a, a total in that game tonight. It goes off at 1 a.m. Eastern time. It will be Canberra versus Gold Coast. My recommendation in that one, play the over in that game tonight. Uh, you'll see a boatload of points in that one. Gold Coast, their defense is just absolutely pathetic. But that offense at times, they can get kind of streaky. And if Canberra jumps out to a pretty decent-sized lead, which I think they will right now, minus 10.5, I don't see any reason why Canberra won't jump out and then kind of just let off the gas and let Gold Coast kind of do what they want. So over 44.5 in the NRL game at 1 a.m. Eastern tonight between Canberra and Gold Coast. Well, that's it, guys. That's it for our podcast. Big thanks to Mackenzie Rivers. Big thanks to the guys over there at Sharp Squad for providing their place we'll be putting some names up on our retweet army page at the bettingpredators.com i'm sleepy j you guys can find me on twitter sleepy j underscore pregame that's uncle dave you guys can get him at dave underscore essler and you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com with all that said i'd like to wish you guys the best of luck today enjoy the games <laughs>